Hey there, everybody. It's Tina Conrad, aka DJ Breast Cancer, and I am here with a very special guest. Love this girl. Her name is Trish. She is amazing. You may know her as a co-creator of the Hip Hop Happy Hour, which just recently celebrated their one-year anniversary. And if you have not checked out, is super amazing. So make sure you do. Um, she is a young survivor. She was diagnosed at the age of 37 with no family history, and she's very active in the community and in the breasties, um, and I just love her. So welcome, Trish. So good to have you. Hi, Tina. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here and to chat with you today. Yeah, yeah. And you reached out about faith, and I think you're like dipping your toe in the water. So we're going to, we're going to have some conversations about faith, um, maybe too a little bit about life after cancer and, you know, some of the the fun things that it serves up to us, which we were actually chatting about before we hit record. Um, so I exactly. always, I always ask every guest, um, you know, to describe themselves in their own words. Um, so maybe just a little bit about who you are, not only just from a cancer perspective, but just who's Trish. Oh, wow. I mean, it's such an easy question, but how does one answer? <laughs> I, um, I like outspoken, kind, firebrand, hype woman, um, practical joker, um, like levity, like to lighten up the mood. These are all the things that I am pre and post cancer. So th that's I what I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like amazing with the reels too. Not going to lie. Okay. Um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could learn a few things from you on the videos. Like you're so fun. Um, so tell me a little bit about your cancer diagnosis. Um, so obviously with no family history, it must've come as just a complete surprise to you. Absolutely. Okay, well, I'll just say this. I mean, I've said it before. It's yes, there's no family history, but it's not my first cancer rodeo. So um, I have a set of twins, two boys, and my son was diagnosed with leukemia two years before my diagnosis. But his leukemia, like mine, is just what they, they call it um, a lightning strike, random with no genetic um, history component at all. So yes, so while mine has no history, it's not the first cancer diagnosis in my family. And so by the time I was diagnosed, and this is why I kind of reached out to you was because my, our family's collective faith took a hit with my son's diagnosis. And when I thought I was starting to rebuild, it took another blow with mine and it hasn't recovered. <laughs> so that's part of the, the reason I reached out to you because yes, I had no history. Uh, I, my son was sick, I got sick and it was just kind of really hard to, to find, to have hope and to, you know, and, and faith, which is supposed to like hold you together in these type of times. I just didn't have it. It was so difficult for me. And so luckily I'm on the other side of that, that milestone that, you know, the immediate times after the diagnosis, but I'm a little still, I'm still adrift, Tina. I'm still adrift yeah. trying to figure out what, where do I fit in? Where does religion and spirituality fit in, in this post cancer life that I'm trying to rebuild? No. And I think that's a really I, I appreciate your vulnerability. And I think that that is, is such a real topic that so many people feel. Um, I'll just give you my examples and they're just my examples. And I'm not yeah, trying sure. to say that, you know, they are anything or whatever, but 
I will say when my mom had breast cancer the first time, my family rallied, like we became, you know, much more spiritually bonded. It was, it was kind of like an awakening. It really was this amazing time within my family. Uh, three years later, my mom had a recurrence and it, it, it kind of broke me like as a person, it mm-hmm. kind of broke me. And I remember feeling angry um, you know, more than angry. I just didn't understand. I was really, um, confused. Um, I mean, just you name, you know, a, a negative expression. That was, that was me. Um, and, and that stuck with me for a very long time. Um, and honestly, then when I got my diagnosis, it, it almost had like the opposite effect on me. Um, and, and I had to unpack a lot of things still too, in, in my diagnosis, is this a punishment? Is this, you know, um, and I think I, I dealt with that a lot. And then it was really when I heard the scripture of Jeremiah 29, 11, which is so impactful for me, but it, it's basically saying it's not a punishment that there's a plan and a purpose for you. And so I started to look through God, you know, at, at a different lens and a different way and not look at all these things as punishments, but more of an invitation, invitation to follow follow God closer and to um, try to understand, like, I think what the whole purpose was. And so I I get you though. Like, I feel it's really, really tough. And I think for you to have these two, what you call lightning strikes, it would feel very difficult, you know, like, why, why are you picking on me? What, what are you, what's the, what's the purpose, you know, is kind of always, always the message. So um, maybe, maybe talk a little bit about you know, what kind of religion did you have growing up, if you don't mind? Sure. I mean, I will go back. So yeah, I mean, my, my dad, not so much, but my mom is deeply, my mom and my mom's side of the family is deeply religious. So I had my first communion, my confirmation. I have my name. I had, you know, my sponsor. I, I still have the, um, the, the, you have to create when you have your confirmation with the bread and the wine. I still have mine in my baby book. You know, I was really all about the church. I was in the choir. I I did all the things. And so it was just, it was just part of our family. All of our major moments is around the different religious holidays, Mm -hmm. Roman Catholic, all the things, you know, all the fanfare and all that stuff. And so, you know, I, we, we all follow the same path, kind of push against it. When you're a teen, you're like, you want to be free and do your thing. You, You come back to it. But in, for me, I don't know it, you know, we were raised the Bible. You, you can always find different meanings and things for the Bible, depending on what you're looking for. Right. Mm-hmm. But I was always raised with that punishment, like disease and destruction were a re, uh, punishment for sins, plagues and all these things were sins. So, you know, when my son was sick, all the typical questions. And then when I got sick, it was like, you know, why have thou forsaken me? Like, why are you targeting me? Don't you want to protect the children, bring the children to me, you know? So why are you targeting the good people that love and appreciate you? And, and, you know, these were the questions that my son asked me and how could I answer? You know, I was like, you know, God loves us. Well, if he does love me, it's just like logical. If he does, you know, if one plus one is two and two plus two is four. So if he loves me, then why would he make me sick? Mm-hmm. well, he didn't cause you to be sick. Well, then who did? You know, it's just, you ask these tough questions and you just can't give the answers to them. And so when I got sick, then I was really like, all right, 
the fix is in. Like, what is happening? Why would God do this to us or abandon us in such a, a such a time? And so, while I can appreciate that faith and and religion can kind of like hold people together in these tough times, I the anger took over so much that I couldn't I couldn't get any comfort from the religion because I was questioning it and so angry at it for so long. Mm-hmm. No, and and obviously I don't state to be, you know, any, um, you know, pastor or preacher or anything. Um, I will say I went through therapy like quite a while ago for, (laughs) for, for infertility. And, um, the therapist gave me a really good book and it, it's honestly suited me, served me in many different ways, like throughout my life. And it's called when bad things happen to good people. And Mm. I really do recommend this book for anybody going through any kind of, you know, kind of craziness. And I wish I could remember like more of the quotes like right now, but um, it was a rabbi um, whose son, you know, so his job is to serve God, you know, and Mm -hmm. his son died very, very young. And he was, you know, trying to grapple with, you know, like, how how does this mean anything? Why would a God who is loving, you know, do this? And Mm -hmm. the words that he put into this book, like continue to inspire me, like to this day, but he really described um, the, the thing that stuck out to me. I'm kind of a visual person, but he described like a tapestry and like, you know, you, you look on the backside of a tapestry and it's like knots, it's, you know, starts and stops. It's, it's ugly. It's a mess. Like it's, it's just like raw, you know, strings everywhere, but then you turn it over and see what God sees and it's beautiful. And it's like a work of art and it's a masterpiece. And yeah. the words that he gave for that that someone like could take this hard thing and then help other people. He really did feel like his job was to help other people through hardships. And like, that was kind of his mission and his purpose. Um, So it was, it was really beautiful and made me kind of think, um, and it, and it gives kind of some good ways to kind of cope, you know, with, with difficult times um, and to not look at them, you know, as punishment or as punitive. And, and I Mm -hmm. think that that was, um, one of the things, you know, throughout my journey, when I needed a sign, then I would get like a rainbow or a hope or, you know, something that would kind of, you know, mean something. You. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I feel like you do kind of have to be still and you kind of have to look for it. And, you know, they, they don't always happen like, you know, God give me a sign and it happens right there. But like, I think if you are open to things, um, more things can flow through you. So I don't know, that's just obviously been my experience, but I do highly recommend that book. It's just, it's really okay. a, a really life-changing thing. And this person came from such a position where he had every right to be angry at God and every right to question, you know, why. And, you know, he took this as an opportunity to help other people. And I, I just think it's such a, it is a really beautiful, hey, beautiful. Piece I'm going to give it I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a look. Thank you so much. I will, because I feel, I feel like, you know, cancer took so much. I feel so cheated by all the different things that it took. And it took that relationship from me. You know, it, it really bruised that relationship and I miss it. I miss, you know, everything about the church and the kneeling and the, and the Easter and the bell and the, the, you know, blood, uh, blood and the, the body and the and blood. And so I want to find my way back, but 
I feel like the, 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 the chasm is so wide and so deep that it feels like just so difficult to get back to. But maybe that's the point. I don't, I shouldn't go back to where I was. Maybe it's something new, a new, a new, a different relationship can emerge. And so that's where I'm at now in this figuring it out stage. And I think there is definitely a beauty. Like when you, when you grow up in religion, I think that's kind of more of your parents, you know, like putting, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to set you on the right path or, you know, trying to make an impression or be an example for you. I get all that. But when you start to experience religion for yourself as an mm-hmm. adult, um, when you have kind of this awakening, I, I will say like, it, it's, it's so much sweeter. It's just, you know, cause you do things because you kind of have to when you're a child. Of like, course. <laughs> Listen, I can, Tina, I can tell you there were many a Sunday that I was dropped off at the steps of the church, <laughs> kicking and screaming. <laughs> so believe me, I know it was not, it was, it was not, it was imposed upon me, but yeah, I want to, yeah. When it's, when it's yours, I'm sure it's different, you know? Yeah. And, and I grew up Catholic too. So it's kind of funny, even just to hear you describe some of the things it, it kind of brings back a little bit of this nostalgia, you know, so the, you know, I, I found comfort in, in some of the kneeling, standing, sitting, you know, like all of mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm now more of a, pra- I'm a practicing Lutheran, which is fairly similar to, mm-hmm. uh, to Catholic, but they do have like a few, you know, differences, obviously, yes. but, um, but I, I don't even know that I even call myself so much a Lutheran anymore. I, I just really feel drawn to, to the Christian faith and like being of Christian faith. So mm-hmm. I, I don't really believe in the labels as much as maybe I did even growing up. Like it was, um, you know, even when my parents got married, it was like very controversial if a Catholic married a Lutheran, <laughs> like Lord forbid, Ooh. you know, <laughs> but it was, you know, it's such different times, but, um, you know, I, I just don't really re- prefer like the labels. Like, I just think yes. that, you know, Hey, I, I believe in Jesus. You believe in Jesus. Like, let's have a conversation, you know? And, and even if you don't have, if, even if you don't believe in Jesus, let's have a conversation. Let's have know? a conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> So sometimes labels are limiting. Yes, agree. And I think it's good to to talk and to talk about your faith. Um, do you ever find yourself having conversations with God, or like is that kind of not not part of like where you're at right now? It's just it doesn't feel like genuine. It doesn't feel natural to like have a conversation. To me, it still feels like that's that and I'm here. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an other being, it's a higher power. It doesn't feel like a personal relationship yet where I can talk and pray and I'm not there. I, I hope to be there, you know, one way or the other, either it's, you know, closer or, or away completely, but it's just, it doesn't feel natural yet. Yeah. We just, we just had like a, um, a message at church yesterday and it was really beautiful. It talked about who God is. And I thought that that mm-hmm. was like really interesting. It sounds so basic, right? But like sometimes even as adults, we kind of like lose sight of like, well, well who is God, you know? And it talked yeah. about us um, being loved and being sent. And that's kind of like what God is like a heavenly father does that, that he loves us first and foremost. He doesn't judge us. And, mm-hmm. and see, I think that's some of the more, uh, 
scriptures and beliefs that I grew up with was more the judging and the punitive and yes. the commandments and all of these things that felt very, I don't want to say restrictive, but they're, you can never live up to them because mm-hmm. they're so imposing. And so the more I read into the scripture and into, um, like I, I have this Holy Bible, you version Bible app, and it talks through like a scripture each day, or I do plans and these plans kind mm-hmm. of, it, you can search anything on a plan how to pray. You can search like, um, you know, your vision. I I mean, like you name it, anything, it'll take like, um, Esther, a person in the Bible and talk about it. So there's like all kinds of different plans, but I love that it has like just simple things. Like I, I even read on one, like, how do I pray? And it was, it was kind of interesting. Um, and some of it can be like written word, you know, like you can start by just like writing it out or, or talking, um, but it, it was really like no boundaries, I guess, is kind of like the message of it. Like what okay. you may have thought was like the only way to pray is not really how God wants you to pray. Like God wants you to come with like thanks and praise and, and just say like, thank you. And so it could be just starting as simple as saying, you know, thank you mm-hmm. for today. It was a really good day or thank you for this. Um, and okay. then that could, that could lead then to just having more of a conversation and then like what's on your heart, you know, and, and what's in your mind. So I, that would be, that would be nice. So I love that too. Like that you can just, it can just really be as simple as a conversation, you know, with God. And I, I think to your point, we grew up with such uh, boundaries and such like Mm -hmm. rigid, rigid rules. And what I'm finding is that's not really what God says, you know, and if you read more into the Bible, it's, it's more about, forgiving and I don't know, like being open and being open to his word. Yes. Because like, yeah, it's kind of like God is, God is up there and you, you know, you know, praise him or you request things of him or you follow his teaching, but it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like there's, or that's how I was raised. There's no warmth there. It's just like honor and praise and follow the commandments but it's not something where you would reach out and I mean that maybe that's just that's how I took it you know and so I have to re because in my what I found in this post-cancer life is that to me anyway I'm finding God in the people that I've come across in this journey like folks that are not even related to me that have extended kindness and warmth and comfort and all these things to me that's like god revealing himself in these people that uh, that's what's given me a lot of comfort during you know, this you know? and and i 100% agree and and that even could be part of your prayer is like thank mm-hmm. you god for sending you know tiffany mm-hmm. to you know be yeah. a part of my life so it almost could just be a thank you for like putting this person on your path because i i agree i i even just had a conversation with um with a lady yesterday, she like runs a podcast too. And like, I don't know, we just like have connected. Right. And I told her, like, I don't feel like there's like happenstance, like things don't just happen randomly. Like I really do believe there is a purpose and a reason and people are placed on your path for a certain reason. doesn't mean you're going to be best friends with everybody. (laughs) doesn't mean like, you know, they're, you know, um, Yeah, sometimes it's for a reason and for a season, like, you know, yes. but, a, but a friend can be a, a really 
or sometimes it's a lesson, you know, but I do feel that, you know, people are planted along your path for definitely a certain purpose. For a purpose. Per- absolutely. I agree. I agree. And I love too that you see God in community because I, I do too. And it's such a, it's such an amazing group. And, and I know you've been so active on the breasties and then now you have, you know, your hip hop happy hour and like the engagement that you have with the, with the people is like so inspiring. It's so amazing. And you do, you build this community, you build this like friendship and people that will just like, you know, go to bat for you. And, and it's, it's just such a, I don't know, sometimes to wake up and just get the nicest message or the nicest DM, like it just such a, such a game changer. It, it, oh, that's, uh, you, you, you stole my word because that's exactly what I was going to say, that it is a game changer, that someone can be that for me, I can be that for someone else, or I can create a situation where two people find each other and create some sort of bond. I mean, to me, that's just God showing itself, himself in, in all these things in my life day to day. And so that's the feel. So I don't go to a physical church, but that is church for me, the comment section of Hip Hop Happy Hour or my personal DMs and my IG. That is that is church. That is God showing itself. So I get it in a little ways. Yes, I love it. Um, it it's the community is just it, it is it just keeps giving. It's so awesome. I love it. And yes. I love what you and Tiffany have created. Like it is definitely so fun. Um, for maybe people who are listening for the first time or didn't know, like maybe share a little bit about what Hip Hop Happy Hour is. Uh, it's two folks that, um, two breasties, myself and Tiffany, um, we had some plans before the pandemic to do in real life things, karaoke's and what have you. And then the, the lockdown happened. And then we just slid in each other's DMs and was like, listen, we both like music, we like hip hop. There's this Instagram thing where we can go live. And even if it's just the two of us talking to each other, let's do it. And so that started a year and change ago, officially a year ago, where every Friday we play music and we review the week's events and it's created a community. It's an extension of all our personalities and it's just exactly what we needed and apparently what others needed too. (laughs) Is it another space to just kick back and just, feel free to be oneself. And uh, we love it. We really do. I can't believe it's been a year. I love it. Like it's, it's so fun. Um, like you guys just make me reminisce about like, I don't know, to me, the good old days, but like, you know, like (laughs) the mall in the nineties and like all this fun. And then the, the music that you play just really obviously takes me back to, and then you have, you know, some, some fun ones that like people do love Taylor Swift and you're like serving it up for them. And like, (laughs) you kind of know what your people like, and you're, you're always like, we do. Oh, we and do. Then, I have, and then you push the boundaries a few too, like play some fun stuff out of the archives. I love it. Yeah, I mean, listen, we—that's what it's all about, really. It's just like, I think it was just—it's just been so sad. It's been so sad. We we take for granted all the like times we you remember when people would invite you to things and you'd be like, oh, I don't feel like going, you know, or that that feeling. <laughs> and so not to have it, I'm like, I may, I can't even cancel on people. We're not going anywhere. So we took for granted all these times that we could get together. So this has been something that was necessary for all of us, just, you know, gathering and reminiscing and playing the jams and laughing, you know, and 
I, 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 I'm glad that we did it. And there's no plans to stop anytime soon. Just more of the same. So I, I love it. And I can't wait till we can travel to, again. And one, yeah. one day I will come to New York and, Woo! and do karaoke with you guys for sure. Heck, we'll come to you. You never know. Maybe we'll take <laughs> it on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I think you celebrate. Um, that's one thing I love too. Like you celebrate what's great and then you kind of give love, you know, where, where love is needed too. So, you know, if, if someone's yeah. obviously had a bad week or something hard has happened, like you still are there with them, you feel it with them and like, you know, bring, bring some love and, you know, light and, you know, let, let people just kind of be in a space that, you know, is kind of no judgment. And, and I love that. Thank so. you. Well, listen, I mean, we are, I think we all realize it's, it's necessary to feel all the feelings. You know, there's light and there's darkness, there's happiness, there's joy and there's grief. I mean, these are all the things that we all have to confront every day. So it's important to feel them out loud with those that care because we all get it. So we'll be there and we'll celebrate someone ringing the bell because they just finished chemo. And we'll be there for someone who just got stage four and needs to just talk it out. You know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, we're there for all the things. And it's all part of our lives now, all of the stuff. It's all part of our lives, these highs and lows. So it's important to recognize all the moments, all the, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Like we, that's what support and community is. And it, it is so much healthier for an individual if, if they allow support and they allow, you know, just this amazing network of, of people. I mean, I would have to imagine other communities are, are amazing too, but it really does feel like the, the breast cancer survivor community is just, I don't know, on a whole other level. <laughs> of course I'm biased, but you know. I know, yeah, we're definitely biased. Let's just say plain and clean, clear, <laughs> but no, yeah, there's something about this community. Like people are just so, I mean, it's, it's, it's like the, the diagnosis, even for, you know, caretakers, previvors, but any kind of relationship to the cancer community it rocks your world. It really turns it upside down. And so it's the what next, like, what do you do? And then in that, that brush, that face where you get to face your mortality, right? And it's like, all right, things have got to either like change completely. I've got to do it different. And it just makes you, and everything's amplified. So like seeking joy too, that's like a priority. Yeah. Oh, I can relate to that. And I think that was one of the hardest challenges for me during COVID again, was this like triggering a feeling like, am I living my life fully? I had all these plans. I wanted to do all these things. Ugh. I wanted to live my life, you know, and now roadblock, you know, pivot, you know, so yeah. it, it, it kind of, again, has made me really slow down and reflect and Absolutely. try to be patient, you know, and not get so far ahead. Like, in my head, you know, as well as mm -hmm. just like, you know, mentally, because yeah. it, it's hard. No, absolutely. It is very difficult. It, it, I do remember, you know, when the lockdown happened, I had a flashback to when I was, I, it was like my second to last chemo. And oh, I had my flight booked because they had said, you know, you can take a break between chemo and radiation. You can have a break, you know? I think they were gonna give me three weeks before I started radiation. So my ticket was booked. I was going to my parents' place in West Palm Beach by myself. I was gonna do all these great things, excited. And then I had 
not so great reaction to Taxol. And so they had to like postpone everything. They had to give me a, you know, a timeout to recuperate from the neuropathy and all that, just terrible. I was so, I, the, the, it really hit me. The depression hit me so bad because I was, I could taste the freedom and then they just took it away and I was devastated. So when the lockdown happened, I felt more of the same. Like I had plans. I had, I was going to go to a breasty retreat in, in Texas, all these wonderful. And then boom, the, the decision was out of our hands and it's, it was, it was crushing. It was crushing. But like you said, like you did, I had to just like reassess, slow down and say, well, okay, it's a pause. It's not a dead stop. It's a pause. And let's, you know, slow down a bit and reassess and reset. Yeah. And I'm working on a project which is kind of describing some of these like parallel <laughs> parallel universes, you know, mm-hmm. cancer and COVID. But um, I mentioned the word pause. I don't know, like probably 20 times in different writings because it's, it is, it just feels like someone, you know, old school VCR went and like hip, hip pause, you know, the big old button. Um, but also too, like, it's, it's just, it's a really challenging time. Like you have to kind of pivot and adjust and, um, you know, it, it, it is, it's just, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it's been tough. Um, so we were kind of chatting, you know, even before about life after cancer. So I know, you know, it can serve up some crazy things. Like I, I think I was telling, sharing yes. with you that I just went to the doctor and, you know, I'm 45. So I'm like, Hey, I'd like a colonoscopy, probably the only person ever, you know, to, <laughs> to ask for one. And actually, I think you said, Trish, you've already asked for one. Yeah, that I have. <laughs> <laughs> and I told, have. and told that, you know, you're not 45 yet either. Um, and then I had like a suspicious mole. So, you know, got to check that out. But like, you kind of go in there with this laundry list of like, yes. is this normal? Is this normal? Is this normal? And I like the way you explain it. If you kind of want to share with the listeners. Well, it's just that for us cancer survivors, nothing is what it seems like it used to be. Like headaches are just not headaches. It's maybe the beginnings of brain cancer. Pimples could be possibly some sort of melanomas. You know, our minds, we don't have that um, innocence anymore that things could just be what they are. It already goes to 100. Like it just goes to the most crazy, egregious thing that it could be. And so it it can really send you on a spiral. Like you can go from, you know, calm to a spiral every day if you allow it to. It's so difficult. So you feel that you have to decide all the time. Should I press this? Should I go on a like, you know, inspector gadget, you know, on a, <laughs> on a detective mission trying to get to the bottom of something? Or can you just breathe and take it easy, slow down and tell yourself, relax. It may not be what we think it is. It's a constant, constant battle. And it's, it's not easy. It's, I'm, I'm a several years into survivorship. And I'm just as nutty as I was when I first started because, yeah, you know, and and I'm like seven and a half years and I feel like the same, like, doesn't mean that there's still not, you know, good days or that I'm like not in control at times, but like one little thing can just like make you go crazy, you know, or, or you notice something and it can make you, you know, get the Google thing out again, or like ask people, like it really can send you down a rabbit hole, like so quick. And I think that was one thing I 
found so amazing through through all the recordings of of DJ Breast Cancer is our fear and our I don't want to call it preoccupation, but like we we are somewhat obsessed with recurrence. Yes. Like and it's something that the doctors rarely speak of, but I think it's just like this like hidden thing that yes. we all know. We're not we're not you know unaware and we all I'm like sorry. talk about we all like talk about it. Like it's, yeah. it, it's just there, you know, it's the elephant in the room, you know? No, it, it, it is. Yeah. I, 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 like I said to you, it's, you, we don't want to say it. It's not, it's not that you're hunting for a stage four diagnosis, but it feels like if you're in the middle of that maze, that if, if it's inevitable, or if it's that might just let me know it now. So I don't continue to just chase my tail over and over and it's it's scary but folks have to have to realize I mean I don't speak for all survivors but I think it started because most of us had that first deception that this thing this tumor this cancer was growing in bodies that we thought we knew well Mm -hmm. so when you have that that this other deception you can't trust yourself to know your body anymore you know, like if, you're, if your spouse, if your lover cheats on you, what happened? You suspect them until yes. you have a reason not to. So, uh, you know, my body cheated on me. And so <laughs> I don't trust it as much as I used to anymore, because how could this thing that could kill me be living in there for who knows how long? And I hadn't a clue. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that's <laughs> such a such an amazing analogy to put it in. And, and I actually... I know I've posted, you know, a, a post or two about, about trusting my body and actually through running, I felt like I could kind of work on that trust again, you know, like, so over time, you know, it has taken many half marathons and a lot of training, <laughs> but I now like feel like, okay, we're, we're in a good place again. You know what I mean? But it yeah. took a lot of time and a lot of trust and, you know, it, it, it is, it's like, it's, it's crazy. Um, I've had a lot of chats too with um, my friend, Jen, she's in New York city. Uh, She's like a lawyer, but like we talk about that, almost that nostalgia, that naivety, like before cancer of not, I don't know, that not knowing and just how easy and simple it feels like in our memories. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Like now you have to worry about every drink you consume or is this food healthy or am I getting enough sleep or, you know, yes. ev- everything almost becomes this like decision tree matrix in your brain. That's like really exhausting sometimes. Whereas yeah. you just kind of want to go back to these yeah. carefree days, you know? Yeah. I think of those times I'm very wistfully. I just like daydream about, you know, the wild days when you can just, eat the cake and the pie and the different things and not have to worry. And like, Oh, if I have this drink and then my joints tomorrow are going to be extra achy. And also too, you don't want to be the potential cause for a recurrence. So like, can you drink that drink and not feel the guilt? You know, it's just, Mm -hmm. it's so much work. Survivorship, thrivership is so much work. And you, I want to opt out. I just want to (laughs) just, attack my day with wild abandon. I don't want to have all this responsibility. It's hard. No, I hear you. Well, you've come full circle on the Catholic guilt because I can relate to that 100%. Uh, so yeah, 
Catholic guilt is a real thing. Uh, it is. And I've, and I've talked to other um, other adults as well. And it, it's it's just embedded in us. We can't, yeah. we can't not live that way. No, it can't escape it. It's just part of who I am. And that's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, okay. So I know we wanted to talk about life after cancer, which it's, it's definitely... I, I love how you described though, trying to be still and trying to breathe. Yes. Cause I, I too, that's kind of like my mantra is like where I find myself getting off the rails is just to just take a breath. Like yes. sometimes it's write something down, you know, like I, I have notebooks everywhere at my desk. Um, but like sometimes just the act of like writing it and getting it out, um, you know, sharing with friends. Um, and, and we've kind of chatted too, just about mental health, like Yes. I, I think we've all been in dark places and in light places too, but like, it's, it's a struggle too, you know, to, to do that. And I know you and I both encourage anyone, if you're in need of talking or sharing, please do so. Like, it's really important. Oh, absolutely. I mean, listen, I said, I, I, I cracked the joke and I say, you know, I'm already, you know, batting it, whatever. I don't know. I don't know baseball, but whatever the figure is, I'm batting a hundred, a thousand, whatever it is. Okay, good. A thousand. So I'm batting a thousand without therapy, if I ever, you know, got myself to therapy, you guys would be in trouble because I would be unstoppable. You know, I always cracked that <laughs> joke. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to make it a priority. I recognize that for me, my therapy um, has been putting my energy towards helping others. That's where I get my greatest joy. That's, that's my satisfaction comes from you know, taking everything I've learned, all the mistakes I've made and others have made healthcare professionals, whatever. And the reels that you talk about, like I do it with humor, but it's like what the medicine and the, the sugar, like I'm cracking the jokes and everyone's laughing, but at the same time they're saying, oh, I do have to remember to take my meds. Oh, I have to make sure I advocate for myself. So that's been therapeutic for me, but I think it's, you know, I do recognize also the, I'm keeping myself busy so I don't think the things. <laughs> I'm telling all my secrets now, Tina, but that's what it is. Like I'm doing all these things to keep myself busy so I don't quiet down and start going into those spirals. But I, it's so necessary. I really have to, that's my, my I, I've tasked myself to really find a good therapist in the next, I've given myself two months to like, secure a good therapist because it's important yeah. it's important or I'm just going to keep repeating these like you know cycles of bad thoughts and bad behaviors by not addressing these issues yeah well and you talked earlier about feeling your feelings and I think you, like you have to and sometimes you know cancer's a trauma it's a loss there's a lot that goes into mm -hmm. it and and you went right off the heels of your son to you and you probably did not even have time to process your son and then it happened to you and so it's yeah. it's a lot it's a lot to hold you know and and a lot to unpack you know so i do right. think obviously as much as giving back is it is just like the greatest thing i totally agree but, you know, you do have to also take care of you. And I do, yeah. you know, I think that you're, you're very smart to know that, like, in order for you to be a higher version of yourself, like this, this will help you to, you know, be a better version of you. Watch Myself. out world. Watch out. World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch out world is right. I know. I know, Tina, I got, I got to circle back in two months. Make sure, hold me accountable, please. That's what okay. I need. 
There I'm goes gonna, that, that guilt and shame again. You see how it rears its head? <laughs> I'm going to write here. Therapist. Yes. On... yes. Therapist two months check-in. Please do. <laughs> oh, too funny. Well, I ask every guest for a Tina tip. So it can be something philosophical. It could be something very, um, you know, down to earth um, that people can do. But what is one or two things that you would like to tell the listeners, you know, some advice that you've kind of found along the way? Okay. I say, huh. Okay. A tip. People don't like, this one is a little bit controversial, but it's not that controversial, but I always say newly new breasties that are really trying to, especially now that we're all on social media and are really trying to get community and meet people and do things. If I had it all to do it again, I would create a second Instagram. (laughs) If you're a new breastie that wants to connect with people, create a second brand new anonymous Instagram, private Instagram, and start from there. Because while we all love our breasties and breasties love each other, and sometimes it's a bit much, we have to admit it, especially if you're really in the community and you're following all the people. And if you're a person that absorbs stories and absorbs people's energy, you can find that because you're so, you're so excited, you're liking and friending breasties left and right. You can find that you're too immersed in the community and you have no place for respite. So it's important to have a second one where you can escape. So I, ha- I, I didn't have one when I started. I do have one now. I follow like uh, gardening accounts. I follow Real Housewives of, of Bravo accounts and stuff like that. And it's a little place that I can step away to sometimes and take a break. I think we should always have some place where you can kind of be social but not be fully immersed sometime in the community. So that sometimes gets people going when I bring that up, but that would be a tip that I would give. I think it's really good. I I personally also have, you know, a separate one. So I came into the community, obviously kind of with one, that was kind of when Instagram was even just like taking off. So it's, it's been a while, but, um, I then with my podcast created a separate one. And, and again, it's not like I'm two different people, but it allows me to kind of, to your point, and I keep my one private and I keep my other one like open. So it kind of allows me just boundaries. And to your point, like, I I just feel like it, um, for me, it makes me feel more like a whole person like that. This isn't, and it's not a persona, it's not like an identity, but it's just allows me to kind of compartmentalize and kind of keep, keep certain things separate. And, and, yes. and I'm okay with that, you know? Absolutely. Again, so it's not, it's not, I've, I've said this to other people and some people they're like, nah, I don't care. It's fine for me. So it's not for everyone, but again, yes, it's not like you're two separate people or you're like hiding. It's just that you're able to have, create, maintain boundaries it's good for boundaries are good. So that's a tip that I have. Oh, and now another one, you said tips, plural. So a second <laughs> one. <laughs> I think speaking of tips, I think, and I think you probably find being in the community, you have to do this too, but having boundaries is actually a very good tip. If, if people are more immersed yeah. to your point in the community, um, you know, like 
someone just told me this advice, my, my really dear friend, Jen from New York. Um, she said, Tina, you are first and foremost, a breast cancer survivor. Anything else that you give to the community is like, it's like gravy, right? Like it's, it's extra, mm -hmm. it's extra credit, but you are survivor first, like never forget that. And it really has kind of like stuck with me. Um, you, you know, and I think we all need to extend grace. We all need to understand, like, we're all going through battles. We don't yes. know what anyone is dealing with on any given day. And so I do think having boundaries, um, if you tell people, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm just checking out for a while. I need to press pause. <laughs> I need to uh -huh. do this, whatever it may be. Like, these are all healthy and okay things yes. to, to tell people. Um, and if it means that you need time to breathe too. And that's so, totally acceptable. Absolutely. I 100% agree. That's definitely major, major hot tip for sure. <laughs> and the next one is, huh? The next one is unique. I don't know. I like, I have a friend of mine. Um, he's like your theme music, you know, what's what gets you pumped up a playlist or whatever. And I think it's good to have a song, a theme music, a jam that is a mood lifter that you can just hit that can, you know what I'm saying? That's your medicine that'll take you there. And so I have many, but I think it's good to have a hot jam that I've told you this, you know it. Mine is I'm still standing by Elton John and other, and obviously all Beyonce music, but like <laughs> it helps sometimes, you know, like you can try to tell yourself cheer up or you can try but sometimes the music it just does it for you so you need a jam a theme song 100 i i think one of my very earliest like um podcasts was i i talked about having a theme song that's actually one of my original tina tips was um you know, mine was roar by katie perry but like i would go into chemo like it, it just like set my tone you know like i'm gonna yeah. rock this you know and like um it it did it just like lifted my mood. So I didn't feel down. I felt like I got this, you know, and it was yes. just my personal anthem to, to kind of make it through tough times. Yes, 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 absolutely. So I love that. I love Elton John. I'm still standing. That's, that's such a good one. That's another thing that COVID stole from me because he was doing his farewell tour right as it happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be wonderful to like have him sing? I'm still standing one last time. And so I hope maybe when things resume, maybe he just, res you know, he says, ah, let's hit the road one last time. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Oh, I'll, I'll put some like good vibes up there that he does. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So if the listeners want to find out more about Trish, where can they find you or Hip Hop oh. Happy Hour at? Okay. Well, they can definitely find me on my Instagram. That's where I'm at. That's where all the party hat. That's where all the fun <laughs> happens. It's Trish, T-R-I-S-H underscore New York City spelled out. Trish underscore New York City is my Instagram. And on Fridays is hip hop underscore happy hour. Also on Instagram. Come in. It's not just hip hop. We may need to work on rebranding. Who knows? But it's hip hop. <laughs> and more happy hour <laughs> i was gonna say don't change a thing though just add an asterisk or something yeah ah yes that's what it is Add asterisk and then the little and more but yeah come hang out make a friend make a couple friends distract yourself whatever it is so that's what's going on with me oh i love it i love what you guys are doing and Trish, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart for being a guest and for being so open and honest and 
sharing, I, th I think it's a great perspective on faith too. And just letting people know, like, it's okay to have these questions and to wonder about it. And I think it can be a, a moment of self-discovery. And I think that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, you know, it, it's very important to, to, you know, have, have some introspection and kind of look at these things and, and to have conversations. Yes. Conversations are good. Every relationship has ebbs and flows, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm hoping that this conversation continues on my, continues me on my path to getting back to where I would like to be with my faith. Well, well I'll keep you in, uh, in, in, in mind to update. Well, thank you. I'm checking in with you on two, in two months. Uh, <laughs> I did say that out loud, didn't I? All right, two months it is. <laughs> okay, well, all my best, Trish. Thanks so much. Thank you. Till next time. Bye, Tina. Bye.